Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Calvary Live here. Jason Vandeveer with you. Going to be taking your calls uh, for the next hour, your prayer requests, your questions about the Bible and Christianity. Uh, 303-690-3000. If you want to join me, I'd love to have you uh, call in. We can have a conversation here on the program. If you prefer to text, 720-336-0897 is the text number. Uh, so again, to call, 303-690-3000 to text... 720-336-0897. Uh, give me just a short one-sentence text if you can uh, so that I can kind of process that and answer as many of those as well uh, on the air. But uh, welcome to Calvary Live here. Welcome to all of you uh, up and down the front range of Colorado and in Wyoming listening on Grace FM and then uh, all of our Truth FM listeners, uh, Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee, of course, uh, the Northeast, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania listening on Hope FM. Welcome to all uh, of you. Looking forward to uh, hearing from you. I love uh, the variety that we get all across the country, actually around the world as well. Uh, Online, we always have uh, all sorts of listeners uh, online as well. And then there, of course, are the podcasts, those listening after the fact. Uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts, the Calvary Live Podcast, select the original uh, show uh, date if you want to listen to this program again or listen to any part of this program again. Maybe you want to hear, you know, what exactly, how it actually ex exactly explained. You can go back after the fact and listen to the archive copies uh, of this uh, program also. But uh, happy to have you join me here live uh, on the program. As I said, 303-690-3000. I'm Jason Vandiver. Uh, I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and uh, you can find more information uh, about our church uh, on our website, Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com. That's CalvaryChapelParker.com, including service times Sunday 9 and 1045, midweek, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. All times are mountain time. Uh, we stream live, so if you want to watch, uh, if you're in another state uh, or you're in this state, but because of the current uh, coronavirus, uh, you're not uh, uh, going out or going out to church uh, right now, you can, of course, watch online, CalvaryChapelParker.com. Use the Watch Live link, and uh, we have folks, so we've been blessed, as a lot of churches do right now, uh, folks from all over the country and all over the world able to uh, and seeking to watch programming, not necessarily uh, just where they live live and uh, one of the beauties of technology uh, just like this program here got a couple services coming up for christmas eve 5 6 5 and 6 30 p.m uh, again we'll be streaming the five o'clock and then it'll be archived after the fact so you can watch that uh, but uh, a lot to think about. We're here in December and uh, going to be celebrating Christmas here coming up. Uh, looking forward to that. But looking forward to talking to you, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Reese uh, in Aurora. Reese, welcome to the program. Pastor. Hey, how's it going? 
Hello? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Perfect. Uh, oh, perfect. So, What's on your mind? Yep. Yeah, so I have a question about uh, Romans uh, chapter 7 and 8. When Paul's talking about in his own life and um, when he wants to do good but ends up doing evil and it's because of sin, um, where does our accountability uh, with sin fall um, due to that? Because when I was talking to my mom about it, she uh, brought up it was either First Chronicles or First Corinthians where God always gives us an out with sin. So I just kind of want to know where our accountability sin, uh, with sin uh, plays in uh, to that aspect. Yeah, so when Paul in Romans 7, you know, he says, the good that I will to do, I do not do. The evil that I will not to do, that, uh, you know, I practice. You know, oh, wretched man, he says in verse 24, who will deliver me? And so it's interesting, in the last verse, he says, I thank God through uh, Christ our Lord. Uh, so then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And so um, he's not explaining away sin. He's not, he's not giving us an excuse uh, to continue in sin. In fact, elsewhere, uh, he says, uh, uh, you know, uh, shall we continue in sin? Certainly not. And so, you know, it, he's simply describing the, really the, the dichotomy that is a Christian in this life and the struggle that goes on uh, between the spiritual uh, and uh, the flesh, between the new man and the old man. And so, um, you know, we have a responsibility to to walk in the Spirit, as he says in Galatians 5, and not fulfill uh, the lust of the flesh. Uh, and we will be victorious to the extent uh, that we do that. But the reality is from time to time, we're going to do those things that we don't want to do. I think the, the key differentiator is, is that Paul talks about, you know, there's one thing to talk about those who don't want to sin, those who are living a victorious Christian life, um, but from time to time they sin because they still have this sin nature. It's one thing to talk about that versus another who has resigned himself to sin and who has... Um, is okay with it and is practicing sin because he talks in in Galatians and elsewhere about uh, those who are practicing and he gives a whole litany of sins as well as kind of leaving it open for others that those who practice these things won't inherit the kingdom of God. So there's a difference between the believer who is, has this struggle going on, uh, is walking in victory, but occasionally uh, is... is um, you know, a victim of himself and his flesh versus the person that is living in a lifestyle. Does that make sense to you? Yes, thank you. That clears up a lot. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it, a lot of people, there's two extremes that you can go to with this that I would caution you and anybody else listening. There's the one that, you know, basically... Uh, Paul calls it licentiousness, and it's basically a license. Grace is a license to sin in the ideas of some, that I can just go do whatever I want. Well, that person isn't a true believer, according to the word. But then there's also people that go the path of Charles Finney and others who have made the mistake of thinking that you can get to a place where you don't sin anymore. And in this life, that's not going to happen. Right. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Because that's where my mind was going as I was wondering, you know, does that mean, because, you know, why would Christ have to die for us if we could get to a point where we were sinless and blameless? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't, you can't, in this life you won't. You're, it's a process. Uh, sanctification and is, uh, there's, there's practical and there's a positional aspect. In other words, in Christ we've, we've been, uh, 
justified and we've been made holy, sanctified, that is set apart. Uh, but there's also an ongoing aspect to it, and, and that will never be complete as long as we're in this, in this body and in this flesh. Um, we can, you know, we're going to hopefully, as we have victory, uh, become more and more Christ-like and, and see less and less of the flesh in ourselves. Uh, but there's still always a piece of that as long as we live in this life. Okay, okay. All right, Reese. All right, well, thank you so much, Pastor, and God bless you. Yeah, you too. I appreciate you calling in, uh, my friend. Take care. Yeah, you as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, uh, if you want to join me on the air, as uh, Reese just did, 303-690-3000. All lines are open here. Uh, if you want to text me one sentence uh, text of your prayer request or your question, uh, if you could, to 720-336-0897. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live and uh, just looking forward to the yeah, the next uh 51 minutes uh, taking your calls and questions about the Bible and about Christianity. Maybe you have a question uh, like Reese did, you, you know, related to a conversation that you've had with a friend uh, or a family member, a coworker, whatever. Maybe something that you learned in church or heard on the radio or saw on television or whatever has uh, prompted a question or, or piqued uh, your curiosity. Maybe you have a question about uh, the Bible and, and current events. Maybe you're just dealing with something right now and uh, you need some encouragement and some prayer we're we're here for that uh 303-690-3000 that's a you're um really the the biggest part uh well the lord is the biggest part of this program uh, but you're a big part of this program and and uh spending time with you is uh is really what this is all about so 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 that's the the call in number for everybody uh or you can text us 720-336-0897 let's go to uh angel and greeley uh welcome to the program hi thank you how, how are you i'm good how are you i'm doing really well i appreciate it and and what's uh what's on your mind today um I was just wondering how would I rekindle a relationship and have somebody trust me when I've sinned against them? Okay. And uh, I'm assuming, you know, you're a believer, the person or people are other people that you want to trust you are believers, or is it some believers mm -hmm. and some unbelievers? Some unbelievers. Okay. Well, you know, it's obviously very different uh, when when we sin— Against believers, you know, obviously there is an expectation and and a responsibility uh, to you know forgive others. And and while believers don't necessarily always, you know, we're human beings and and we don't always uh, do that perfectly. Um, there is the expectation that if you sin against somebody, that you do something wrong, um, you go to them, you ask for forgiveness, as Jesus said, you know, uh, to Peter when Peter said, "Hey, should I should I do that seven times?" and he said, "You know, seventy times, uh, seven, not four hundred ninety times, but but limitless." And so, in other words, there's this expectation that that with other believers, and this isn't a, again an excuse um, or you know just 
you know, allowing us to do whatever we want. Um, but there is an expectation that believers uh, should forgive uh, one another. And, you know, part of that forgiving uh, includes rebuilding of trust and a willingness to, to, to trust again. And so, you know, let's talk about believers versus unbelievers uh, separately here, and we'll continue on with believers first, and then we can talk about the differences with unbelievers, Angel. But, um, you know, when it comes to believers, there's immediate forgiveness when we seek their forgiveness, no matter how many times we, we mess up, no matter how many times we sin, if we go and we repent before the Lord and we, you know, confess to them and apologize to them, there is the expectation of forgiveness. Now, you know, trust, in this case, a lot of times when we sin, you know, trust is, is broken. And, you know, sometimes that has to, depending on what has happened and, and what the situation is, that trust needs to be uh, re-earned. But there should be also the expectation that, that we can regain uh, someone's uh, trust and, and uh, of us. It may take some time for them to see uh, that, truly we have uh, repented of that sin, that we've turned uh, from that sin, and, and that the Lord is uh, giving us victory, and, and that uh, we can be trusted. Uh, but that should be, you know, a, a, a loving and, and a gracious process. Now, with people in the world, um, you know, I think that your approach as a believer is much the same. In other words, you're going to uh, you're going to obviously go before the Lord and confess your sin. You're going to go to them and and admit what you did and 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 apologize and and seek their forgiveness. Um, you know, but people in the world, uh, you're going to have to regain their trust a lot of times as well. Um, the problem there is is that you know there isn't one always the um, the expectation that they know um, to forgive you. And number two, there isn't always, um, you know, the expectation that, that they will ever give you their trust uh, again. But your approach is, is pretty much the same. It's just a matter of, you know, whether those people that you're going to, um, you know, uh, are following the scripture in, in, in terms of forgiveness and in terms of willingness to allow you to be be restored and have your relationship be restored. And for unbelievers, if the other person isn't a believer and like talks down to what my beliefs are, how would I go about that? I don't know if it's even. So, so I, I think I'm appreciating your situation a little bit more. So you have, um, at least in one case, you you have somebody that you know you've you've done something to. They're not a believer, and you know yeah. you are. And so, does that have have you found that that has you know caused them to to speak less even of uh, of the Lord as a result of that as well, or or to think less of you know Christianity or or or, or what? Yeah, and it's just less of myself as well, like. It, it questions, like, my belief. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they talk so down to it that I it makes me even question it. Okay. And and when you say they talk down to it, is this is that something that they're using against you, you know, because of what yeah. you did wrong? And, and is that is that kind of the thing that's going on, or? Yeah. Okay. Well, so, unfortunately, that is a, 
a, a consequence. You know, we even we even see that in the in the Bible. It's 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 a consequence. You know, when it's a reminder of what great responsibility that we have uh, as a believer. Um, we're not, you know, we're not going to be perfect. Um, but the problem is, is that when a believer does something wrong, it, it, it potentially ha- can have even greater consequences uh, amongst unbelievers. It can give them an opportunity to, to speak against the Lord or to speak against the gospel. Ultimately, that's on them. Um, yeah. because because no matter what we do uh you know uh ultimately that's it, whether or not they receive the truth of the gospel is is you know what you've done is really uh irrelevant uh to that but but practically um it you know day in day out it plays uh it it can play out a, a certain way and it can have a negative consequence and so it's a reminder that we have a responsibility but but they're still accountable you know all you can do at that point is is that uh you know i mean y- you can basically say look um you know i've i've apologized to you for what i did wrong and uh you know uh clearly you know you have uh greater expectations uh of uh christians um than people in the world and you should and so uh while you know there are greater expectations of of christians than uh, than others because we have you know god's word and the truth of god's word you know i've i've failed in that regard and and i'm going to do my best um to live up to uh you know what the Lord calls me to do, um, but He's going to do do that work in me. Um, but you know the truth of the gospel is a completely separate matter uh, to the reality of 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 what I've done wrong, and yeah. uh, and and so you know then it's you know it's up to that person whether or not you know they're they're going to continue to hold that uh, uh, against you uh, or not. And, you know, I guess an interesting question is, is, is uh, you know, if someone doesn't believe that the gospel is true, then why does it really matter? Yeah. You, you see what I mean? Like, and so in other words, yeah. if, the, if they're going to hold you, why would they hold you to a greater level of accountability or anything else if it's not true? Right. You know, because in other words, somewhere deep down within them, they realize that there is truth. And they realize that, yes, legitimately as Christians, we are uh, expected to to uh, not be like the world and, and to live in a different way. We've been set free from that. So in a way, um, they're actually acknowledging the truth of the gospel. And so, um, but you can't, you know, sometimes uh, like anything else in life, um, you know, we, we've asked for forgiveness and it hurts um, to be reminded of, of what we did wrong. Um, but you know, sometimes we, uh, you know, we just accept the consequences of that. We ask the Lord to uh, help us to walk in victory, and um, and to be able to deal deal with those consequences uh, as they come. But my encouragement to you is, is you know, is just be gracious, just be kind, uh, be humble, uh, but also don't let them beat you up. In other words, you've asked for forgiveness from the Lord, and you have the right to move forward in in forgiveness and in freedom. And so, um, you know, you don't have to let what they say, uh, you know, you don't have to take it to heart. Okay, thank you. You bet. Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Father, I just lift up Angel to you, and I just pray, uh, Lord, as she's, uh, Lord, she sought you and, and your forgiveness. Lord, and... But still, uh, 
dealing with the pain and the consequences uh, of what she's done. And so, Lord, I just pray that she would know your forgiveness, um, but that also she would be able to move forward in, in peace uh, and in joy and in wisdom in, in dealing with those who, who might choose to use things in the past against her. And Lord, I just pray for these other people, especially for this unbeliever, that you would bring them to the Lord, that, they would, that you would bring them to your son, Lord, that you would bring them to the cross, the foot of the cross, and, and to salvation, that you would heal these relationships, that you would help her to regain uh, the trust that has uh, been, been lost, Lord, and uh, that you would just continue to be with her, uh, Lord, and just remind her of how much you love her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I appreciate you, you calling. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for calling, Angel. Have a God, good day. You too. God bless you. Hey, folks, Jason, Va Jason Vanderbilt with you on Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Patty in Arizona. Patty, welcome to the program. Hi. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Most awesome. <laughs> I miss Hudson, Colorado so much, and um, Calvary. Um, I'm in Yuma, Arizona, and I have a question with my um, – uh, I don't know if it's my faith or how exactly to put this, because I do believe in Christ. I do walk with Him every day. I try to do my best, and I always, you know, I have a relationship. I'm working on a relationship with Him, mm -hmm. and through my walk, I've gotten to the point, and it's been a long road, but I've gotten to the point of where um, I wanted to make sure that I don't have a, uh, what do you call it, um, a hardened heart, Mm -hmm. because the like my aunt right now okay mm -hmm. she has covid she's 94 years old i've been exposed to it mm -hmm. but i don't worry about it i don't fear about it mm -hmm. i don't fret oh my god you know is she gonna die oh this and that you know mm -hmm. because i'm at peace with that mm -hmm. because i know that you know this is just a pit stop and where we're going is you know so incredibly awesome that I'm learning that I just was wondering because I, you know, question myself sometimes, okay, am I becoming complacent or just hardening my heart because I'm not, you know, all tearful and fearful and, mm -hmm. and whatnot, but that's been something that God's been working with me is to not be fearful and not worry about everything and not second guess or question, you know, um, myself. Uh, mm -hmm. when I'm doing things, you know, mm -hmm. I love on everybody I come into contact with, you know, um, I speak of, of Jesus always, mm -hmm. but, um, is that, so let me, let me make sure I, I understand, I understand what you're saying. So, um, your concern is, is that because, you know, should you feel guilty because you don't fear death? Is, is that essentially your concern? Yeah, I'm not becoming complacent or hardened sure. at heart or okay. whatnot because I'm understanding the scriptures more and more, yeah. you know, as we go through them. And it's like suddenly just like a peace came over me. It's like, well, you know, mm -hmm. I'm up, I'm breathing. Thank you, Lord. Do my, you know, conversations with him all the time throughout the day and do my thing. Come across people that, you know, um, I don't even know. And I'll just love yeah. on them and talk to them. So, but... Um, I'm, I know I'm being of works with him, you know, through him, uh, you know, through me. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I think that there's a vast difference between faith and fatalism. And so you have faith, and, and you know, faith isn't to, um, you know, you don't need to be concerned uh, about the faith that you have. Um, you know, fatalism, complacency, these other things, um, you know, that sometimes, you know, people if they legitimately don't fear death but don't know the Lord, that's something entirely different. That's that's deception. Um, but your your lack of fear is is based on faith. And and the more that you the more that you grow in your relationship with the Lord, the more that you understand his word, um, the less uh, you have to be afraid of, the less you're going to fear. And so um, I think that what you're describing is is just um, is the desired result in, in the Christian life, is evidence you know, that you have been in a good church and that you have been taught well and, and that you've been faithful uh, you know, in, in, in just spending time in God's word and understanding God's word, and, and you're seeing the benefits of that. Um, and so when you live in a world where there's a pandemic going around and everything, um, you know, you don't have to feel guilty that that you're you're not uh, paranoid, uh, or that you're not you know um, unreasonably uh, fearful as some people are. And yeah. so my my encouragement to you is is don't feel guilty about that. Don't try to push that down or you know modulate that or tone it down you know, continue to nourish that and allow that faith to grow uh it's a and part of growing yeah it's a part of maturing as a believer and it's contagious and so i believe that you know that um you know that'll have an impact on people like your 94 year old aunt and and others around you they're going to see your faith and lack of fear and uh and 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 they're going to be encouraged by that. They're going to be uh, blessed by that. Awesome sauce. Then I um, <laughs> will just put that to bed. You yeah, know what? I have met more people waiting on hold or, you know, um, while I'm doing transactions, paying my bills or whatever, that, I mean, some of their stories while you're waiting with them mm-hmm. and they're, you know, helping you out. Mm-hmm. It's such a wonderful way to minister to people that you don't even know and mm-hmm. you'll never see probably. Mm-hmm. But the people that are on, you know, the line with you, you know, on the phone line, do am I making sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of times like, I'll call and they'll see, well, I'm calling from Calvary Chapel, you know, or they'll find out, you know, where, you know, and uh, it opens up a real door. And even if they don't find that, sometimes, you know, the Lord can, yeah, with, with customer service people or whatever, whoever else, you know, you talk to, um, the things that we often dread sometimes be, become the greatest opportunities for ministry. Oh, absolutely. And it can turn things around and stuff. You know, somebody's having a horrible day or whatnot, or their son's dying or whatnot at home, and they're the only income or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to stop and just talk to these people, just, it's like, it's amazing what God puts in your mouth. Exactly. And they're people like you, and a lot of them right now are working from home, so they're not seeing other people. Um, They probably a lot of them don't have a you know a church family like like you do and and uh, so the gospel is is coming to them uh, you know through their job uh, oftentimes and and uh, and right into their homes so yeah uh 
eyes need to be open to the fields. Uh, as Jesus said, they're, they're white for harvest, and sometimes uh, we miss those opportunities. So, hey, uh, I appreciate your call, Patty. I got to run here, but uh, God bless you. God bless you, and thank you, and God bless everybody. Yeah, take care. Hey, folks, you're listening to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer with you here, 303-690-3000. If you want to join me on the program, got a couple callers that are waiting patiently. Terry, uh, we'll be getting to you next. Ryan and Aurora will be getting to you as well. So uh, do me a favor, hang on. We got a, a break uh, coming up here in, uh, in about uh, 40 seconds, and uh, we'll take that break. It's a short one, I promise. And then we'll be taking uh, more of your calls in the bottom half uh, of the hour and the rest of this program. Jason Vandeveer here with you on Calvary Live. You can find more information about our fellowship, calvarychapelparker.com. And again, if you want to join me after the break, 303-690-3000 or to text 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason Vanderveer with you on Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. Again, that number to call if you want to join me on the air. Let's go to Terry in Castle Rock. We don't want to keep her waiting uh, any longer. Terry, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate you taking my call. Thanks. What's on um, your mind? We are in uh, Genesis for our Bible Study Fellowship, and my I'm I'm a question asker. So one of my questions was: is in the covenant of circumcision, Genesis seventeen one, it says, "When Abram was ninety nine years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless.'" My question is about the word appeared, mm-hmm. because previously in Genesis, um, you know, God came through fire, he came, came to Abram in a dream, mm-hmm. and then when you look at Exodus 33.20, um, God says, you cannot see my face, nor, for no man can see me and live. Mm-hmm. And I do, re- you know, recall, of course, the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle and all the rituals that the the holiest of holies has to go through in order to not die when they confront or see God. So can you explain that to me? Is it, does it have to do with God's glory, or does it have to do with um, the fact that God made Abram righteous through his belief in him, in God? Yeah, so so essentially it is I think I understand your question, but I want to answer the wrong question. Is Why, why do some people see God, but yet um, the scripture seems to say that no one can see God and survive, right? Correct. Is that, yeah, okay. I think I got it. Um, basically, the the idea in, in theology that it the word the word that is often used is effulgence, and it's a big word that basically speaks to the fullness of God. And so, when we look at Exodus thirty three twenty, the idea is is that no man can look at God square in the face in his fullness and 
as your point as you pointed out in all of his glory and survive that encounter but if you notice in Exodus 33 there Moses wanted the the whole point of that was Moses wanted to see God and he did see God but he saw God in his glory after he had passed by and so that gives us a little bit of additional insight into that and in that, you know, he says, Moses, you, you know, you can't really, you don't really know what you want because you can't survive that. But I tell you what I'll do. I can give you a, a, a lesser experience that you can survive. And, and so he, he does that for Moses. Now with Abraham, um, Sometimes God appeared to Abraham, and, and, and God appears to people in different ways. He appears to them uh, sometimes uh, physically, uh, but sometimes in dreams or, or in visions. And we see Abraham uh, certainly having those where he wouldn't have encountered the fullness of, the, of God. But we also see, uh, for example, when, uh, when God meets him and shares with him, you know, God comes with two angels actually right before the uh, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, and and God meets with him, and he physically meets with uh, what seemingly is a, a, a human uh, representation of God with angels. And I would suggest to you that that, that is uh, uh, an Old Testament appearance uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, what we would also see elsewhere is referred to as the angel of the Lord because th when we see the angel, not an angel, but the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, it is always God. And, and I would suggest to you, as many would, that uh, when God manifests himself physically, whether it's the angel of the Lord or as Jesus Christ, it's the second person of the Trinity, either in pre-incarnate form uh, or later in his uh, incarnation, uh, it, is, it is none other than the Son. It's interesting that we don't see uh, any appearances of the angel of the Lord in the New Testament after the incarnation uh, of Christ. So uh, we're told, in Colossians that in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Um, that is, uh, we see in Jesus uh, Christ the fullness of God, uh, but in a way that uh, we can interact with uh, and in a way that we can survive. And so I would suggest to you that oftentimes when uh, God appears to Abraham, uh, physically appearing, it is the angel of the Lord, just as he appeared to Jacob uh, there and, and uh uh, Jacob wrestled uh, with the uh, with the angel of the Lord there in um, in uh, ex, uh, Genesis 32 uh, as he appears to Hagar uh, and and to others. Okay, so in 17:1 where it says the Lord appeared to him to Abraham, mm -hmm. um, it means uh, and then I've got I've got the NIV and the Message version. So God showed up and said to him is the uh, message version. So what what you're saying is that it's really the angel of the Lord, so it might be Jesus pre-incarnate, um, yeah, that is actually walking. So Because God himself is too glorious for and too pure, right, for, for even Abraham to have a face-to-face -face direct contact with. Otherwise, he would right. die, right? Right, exactly. So, so um, when... Yeah, whether it's Moses, whether it's Abraham, um, we can't really look at God in in His fullness, at, at least at the present time, uh, according to the Scriptures, and 
survive that. And so when Abraham has physical encounters with the Lord, uh, I would suggest to you just that, whether it's uh, Genesis 17.1, uh, whether it's uh, uh, later on uh, that, uh, that he is encountering the angel of the Lord, I, I would suggest to you that that's what we call uh, a, a Christophany, uh, or uh, sometimes it's referred to in a higher sense in terms of a theophany, but is none other than than the Son. And so when we see when God appears in 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 form uh, that is able to to be received and to be encountered with, uh, and when particularly when it's in human form that it is uh, that it is none other than the Lord Jesus. And as I said, in in this case, just pre-incarnate. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for clarifying that. It was really a brain teaser. I appreciate it. Well, you bet. It's a common um, thing that we, you know, we consider is is that you know, okay, so it says we can't see God, but many people clearly saw God and survived. So, um, how does that work? Well, it's exactly. it's a ma- yeah. it's it's a matter of looking further into it and realizing, yeah, there is a sense in which we can't see God and 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 survive that but there is another sense in which we can see him and 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 that is uh in the sun and so we see that happening actually both in old in the old and uh and in in the new testament so I hope that helps you out I I really like BSF and uh and I hope you enjoy the rest of your study in BSF with BSF <laughs> well thank you very much I appreciate your help Have you a great bet night. yeah God bless you Terry take care <laughs> 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to Ryan in Aurora, who has been waiting so patiently. Ryan, welcome. Hello. How are you? I am doing good. Good. What's your question, Ryan? My question is, is that how could I be a better Christian whenever I'm doubting myself of being a Christian, whenever I'm asking myself a question if... And and so when you say you're a Christian, I assume you mean that you know you place your faith and trust in in Jesus Christ for for the forgiveness of your sins and and that you yes. have the hope of heaven, right? Yes. Okay. And so what, Ryan? What types of things or what types of situations cause you to 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 doubt that when this happens? You know, what is it that you think causes that? Right. Well, and so I think what what you've got to remember is how you were saved. And you were saved not because you're a good person. You were saved because you weren't a good person and you needed to be saved. And so Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and you placed your faith in his perfection and his righteousness and not your own. See what happens when we when we start to and we all do it um, when we start to feel guilty and we start to question our salvation because we sin really we're forgetting uh, how we were saved 
and Satan will be happy to do that, use that against you if you'll if you'll let him. And so the 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 best thing to do uh, is to remind yourself how you were saved in the first place. I wasn't saved because I'm a good person. Uh, I wasn't saved because I do the right things. Uh, I was saved because I'm not a good person and because I don't do the right things. And therefore, I that's why I needed a savior. And so I received Jesus Christ's sacrifice for my sins. So I'm saved um, by grace through faith, uh, as Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, not of works, lest anyone should boast. In other words, not based on my good works. So the first thing I would suggest to you is, is when you feel like that, just remind yourself, I'm not saved because I'm a good person. I'm saved by grace, okay? And then you're going to find that that grace sets you free. You don't have to, you know, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. So I'm going to give you two verses, and I want you to write them down. And whenever you feel this way, I want you to go, and I want you to read these verses and pray. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says this, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, number one, you need to be reminded you're saved by grace. And number two, you need to confess your sins and be forgiven and move forward without guilt and without shame in, in freedom. Okay? Yeah, but what happens is that sometimes whenever I, I, I do think of those verses, like when, whenever I, I know that, like, a verse like that says, like, that God, like, loves all Christians and unbelievers because we are His. Like, I sometimes think of that, but I sometimes just know, like, what if, like, what if He doesn't love Like, I still, I still am doubting myself mm -hmm. whenever things happen. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and here's the thing. Um, it is impossible for God not to love you. It is against the the, the nature of God. Um, John chapter 3 tells us that God loves the whole world. He even loves people that don't love him. And so if God loves those that don't love him, certainly he loves those uh, that do like yourself. And the very fact uh, that, you, that you question um, your salvation in a way can be a good thing. It's a reminder um, that you're sensitive to God and sensitive to the things of the Spirit uh, and that you love the Lord. Because let me tell you this, the person that isn't really saved doesn't care. The person that isn't really a believer, they don't care. They don't worry about those things. And, and But you as a believer, you know, sometimes you're human and you're going to have doubts, but the fact that you care about them shows that your heart is also sensitive to God and to the things of God. And so my encouragement to you is sometimes even when you doubt, uh, even when you think those things uh, that you just need to pray and go before the Lord, there isn't, uh, you know, I gave you some verses, but even then sometimes it's, it's not even so much about a verse because as you pointed out, you're, you're familiar with those verses, you, you know them. So then sometimes it's just going to the Lord and praying and 
saying, Lord, you know, help me with my questions, help me with my doubts, you know, help me with my my insecurities, and uh, and comfort me, and go to the you know your pastors at your church, and and just ask them, you know, maybe after service on a Sunday, hey, you know, uh, or you know, children's ministry teacher, would would you pray for me? You know, I know I'm a believer, but I just I have doubts sometimes, you know, about myself. Would you just would you just pray for me? And uh, and praying on your own and asking other people to pray for you, uh, the Lord's going to work through that. And but you know what, Ryan, you're your age, and you're going to be my age. And at time to times, you're going to doubt yourself. And and that's just uh, you know that's because uh, I think in a way that can be a good thing. That's because we know uh, who we really are, and we see ourselves as we are. And and there's a humility there. So are you saying that the fact that I know that I'm doubting myself and the fact that I know who God is and that I know, like, and I'm having the thought that um, God doesn't love me means that I am a Christian? I say that that's one thing that, that supports what you've already told me, and that's that you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So the fact that you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ makes you a Christian. The fact that you doubt, number one, makes you human, but also supports the fact that, yes, you really are a Christian, because if you weren't, your heart wouldn't be sensitive to those things. So, yeah, I think that that, that you're understanding uh, what I'm saying. And so what you've got to realize is, is that your mind is very powerful. God has given you a very powerful mind. And sometimes, you know, what can be a strength can also work against us and we can overthink it and we can use our minds actually to condemn ourselves and to make us feel guilty and and that's not really healthy or productive um you know if if you've placed your faith in jesus christ um then then you're saved and Paul makes that very clear uh, in, uh, in the book of Romans, in, in the 10th chapter, uh, and in the, uh, in, um, uh, oh, I'm struggling to find it right now, but it's in, in Romans chapter 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, verse 9, uh, you will be saved. And so you've confessed with your mouth uh, and you've believed in your heart you're saved. You know, case case closed. Um, doesn't mean that you're not going to doubt, but, you know, you've got to take that, that, that um, sound mind that the Lord has given you, and you've got to use that to combat uh, some of the attacks that you're going through. Well, I have also two more things. Of okay. The fact that, like, Whenever some people say, like, that Christians are known by, like, their love, like, Mm -hmm. sometimes I I get very mean to some other people, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that could lead to other, like, that that could lead to even more meanness. Mm -hmm. And I am now just thinking, like, that, that, that verse, like, that we are known by our love, the fact that I don't really, like... I, I think that I say that I'm a believer, but what also causes my doubts is the fact that I also feel like I'm not nice to people sometimes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that I could be very rude and stubborn. Yeah. Well, and uh, I can too. 
Um, and you know, that's something that, that, uh, that you want to make part of, of your prayers and, and you want to seek the, the Holy Spirit, um, you know, that you would, um, walk in the spirit as Paul talks about in Galatians chapter five and not fulfill, um, the lusts of the flesh. And, you know, one thing that helps is uh, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is, is in the scriptures, we read a lot about dying to ourselves. And when you see too much of the flesh, like being mean to others, not loving others, that just shows that there's too much of us um, in our lives, and there and and it needs to die, and so uh, in a spiritual sense. And so what we need to do is 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 uh, you know we need to to go back and 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 pray and 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 I encourage you you know as you begin each day, if you know areas you're weak. Pray about those. Make those part of your prayer. Lord, let me today, if, if somebody says something that that I find makes me irritated or makes me defensive or makes me mean or or help me to respond in love. Give me the strength to, to respond in love because because that's how I, I want to live. That's what I what I want to do. And uh, if you make a mistake, go back, confess it to the Lord and uh, and try again. Uh, but uh, but uh, don't don't let it beat you up if if that's the case. Um, I'd say your goal is right. Your goal is right to love others and to not be mean and to not be rude and to not be prideful. Um, but uh, uh, don't hold it against you. Uh, if hold it against yourself if if you make a mistake in that area. But use it as an opportunity to do better the next time. And as you seek uh, the power of the Holy Spirit for the strength to do that, because you won't be able to make yourself do that. Only the Spirit of God can do that. Um, and as you, you begin to, to die to yourself and your flesh, and that old man dies and there's more of Christ in you than there is you in you, uh, then you're going to start having more and more victory over these things. Also, um, the, the last thing that I just want to say, I'm sorry, but if this is so long, but... Um, no, you're fine. The last thing that I want to say is the, just the fact that like we are to walk with God and like that we're supposed to not be as sinful but we're supposed to walk with him right right and you know if uh, that's a good point that you bring up because if you're walking with God and you know Jesus is right there next to you you would probably answer somebody differently right yeah <laughs> If you think about that, if you keep that in mind, your behavior is going to start to change. You know, in other words, if if Jesus Christ, and he's right there with you, it's just we don't always remember that. And so uh, it be, if we walk with God, if we really understand that, that every moment of every day I'm walking with God, and if I really believe that, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk differently. And so I would say use that to your advantage. Use that reminder to your advantage and, and, uh, and let it strengthen you. It is a reality, just... Now uh, walk in that in that reality, okay, Ryan? Yeah. Thank hey, you, you bet. Yes. Yeah, you bet. Let me pray for you, Father. I just thank you for Ryan. I I thank you for having him call in and the the privilege of speaking with him. <clears throat> Lord, I just pray that you would just bless him and strengthen him. Lord, just encourage him in his in his faith and in his relationship with you. When he has doubts, Lord, I just pray that you'd help him and, and take him through those. And Lord, I just pray that you give him victory. 
to walk with you and to walk in the Spirit and to overcome uh, some of these areas where he's been struggling. Uh, Lord, just be with him and bless him, uh, especially the rest of this day. Uh, Lord, uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for calling, Ryan. Yeah. It Give was us a- nice to be able to get some answers to my questions. Well, you give us a call anytime, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Take care. 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Robert, who's been waiting in Castle Rock. Robert, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for joining me. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, I had a question a couple of days ago. Uh, I couldn't get to it in time. The show was kind of running late. Uh, but my question is First uh, Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. Uh, I read from the King James Version, and basically it says that after David took over this kingdom that he took the, the men out, and he, it says that he cut them with saws, hair of iron, and axes. Uh, but another translation, it says that he took them out to work. And so I was just curious if that was a translation error or if, you know, he actually did that because it seems very brutal. <laughs> yeah, so so if you uh, if you look at it, he, he's putting them to, to forced uh, labor. And in verse 3, it says he brought out the people, I think the correct translation, uh, the people in Rabbah there, and he put them to work with saws, iron picks, and axes axes um david it says that he did that to all the people uh, of amon and uh and uh if you look at the um so translations are, are are kind of a funny thing um if you look at in the text um it talks about him bringing out uh the the people if you just look at the words that are that are there in the original text uh and uh then it just talks about so it talks about him bringing them out then there's the word for people um and then there's uh the word for cutting and saws and axes and iron and everything else and so really then it's on the translator um and this happens not a lot, but it but it happens particularly with the Hebrew text is is that um, Hebrew is quite different than Greek in terms of it's a less uh, specific type of language, um, and so we rely a lot on context uh, when it comes to uh, to translating. And so uh, when you look at that, I, I think it's you know unfortunate that um, uh, that. Like the King James translates it similar to what you were saying, uh, where you know that he cut them uh, with saws and 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 uh, axes and so forth. Uh, so basically, you know, uh, that would mean that he killed them. Uh, but uh, but the context seems to uh, imply, I think, forced labor. So I think those translations that that go that direction um, don't necessarily uh, get it right. Uh, the ESV is a good translation of this also, um, and it says that uh, he set them to labor with saws and iron picks and axes. Okay, yeah, it clears it up a lot. Because I'm sitting here reading, I'm like. Surely he didn't do that. That's that's a little over the top, but that actually makes a lot more sense. Uh, so I thank you for that. Thank you. 
Yeah, you know, it's translation is a trick is tricky business. I'm certainly not qualified, uh, you know, to be a Bible translator. Uh, it's it's hard work, and uh, you know, most of the time they do a really great job getting it right. But there's a few places where they, you know, there's some challenges, and and uh, you know, admittedly, I think that um, while I wouldn't say that they all, uh, get it wrong, there's there's better better ways of translating the text and i think the the esv the new king james uh some of these uh, translations uh, tend to get it better than the um than the king james and the nasb do on that in, in that regard okay all right well i thank you very much for your time pastor you have a wonderful evening you as well thanks robert god bless you hey folks uh well, it's been great. We're kind of r- starting to run out of time uh, here uh, on uh, Calvary Live, but it's been uh, been really good just taking your calls and questions and uh, comments about the Bible. Great chance to to pray with you. Uh, that's what I love uh, uh, about this program is just talking with you and uh, hearing your 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 great questions. And so, um, you know, uh, really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, but uh, looks like we've got. Uh, do we have time for one more? I think we might have uh, at least one more caller. Maybe we have time for Laura. Is Laura there? I think she has a praise report. Yep. Well, we lo- I don't think we have Laura, but uh, uh, Laura is gone, but probably uh, just as well because uh, we're, <laughs> we're running out of time and maybe it would be too ambitious to try to, uh, or not fair to Laura to try and squeeze uh, her call in in the last couple minutes of the program. So anyway, the Lord knows what's best. But uh, uh, Laura did, looks like I've got some information. She wanted prayer for her husband now that uh, he's out of the hospital and continues to recover from COVID. So let's do that. Let's pray for her as we... Uh, wrap up the program. Father, we lift up Laura's uh, husband. Lord, we thank you, uh, Lord, that he is out of the hospital. And, and and Lord, we just pray for his complete healing from COVID, that you would just strengthen him and, and be with him and those caring for him. And Laura, that you would just encourage her, that their hearts would be encouraged. Lord, we pray for all uh, who have been sick. Uh, we pray for those who have lost loved ones. We pray for those uh, who are recovering, those who are in the hospital right now for their healing. Uh, we pray uh, for this uh, uh, vaccine and for the treatments and other things, Lord. We we pray that you would accomplish what you desire to accomplish in our nation and the world through this. But Lord, we do also pray uh, for uh, for uh, an, an end to this uh, in your timing. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you continue to do, no matter what goes on uh, in our nation and and around the world. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you for this program today, and for all the people that have called. We just pray for a blessing upon them and uh, upon your churches, upon your servants, and upon your people, Lord. We love you, and uh, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, folks, thanks so much uh, for listening to Calvary Live. It's Friday, but uh, Calvary Live will be back uh, on Monday, taking more of your calls and questions about the Bible. God bless you guys. Have a great night and a great weekend. Take care. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.